This edition of the Africast is sponsored by Vodacom Business Internet. Whether you're just starting out or your business has been running for years, Vodacom Business Internet Fiber has a package that will match your requirements. Featuring symmetrical upload and download speeds, dynamic and static IP addresses, and speeds ranging from 10 megabits per second to 100 megabits per second, there is a Vodacom Business Internet Fiber package for you. To find out more, visit www.vodacombusiness.co.za. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Afrocast. It's a new year and it's the same people, um, but one of us is missing. Um, Brendan, our audio engineer and one of the journalists here at Hypertext, he's sick today, but he will be handling the recording of this, so he's still here in spirit. But joining me today is Robin Chetty. Hey, how's it going? Um, fine. Um, new year, <laughs> same BS. Uh, indeed, indeed. I wrote a story today about um, the Gauteng Department of Education uh, just addressing some learners who are still waiting to get placed at school. And then also they talked about some violent incidents that happened. So it's, uh, I mean, school's been in for two days since Wednesday and things are already going off the rails. So that's just indicative of the whole thing, just uh, the whole world. By thing, I mean the world and <laughs> on your side. Yeah, um, always the break, unfortunately, wasn't long enough um, oh, yeah. for whatever reason. So what, two and a half weeks felt like two and a half days oh yeah everything just kind of whizzed by but yeah um we're back and i guess we have to continue to trudge along <laughs> we have to go back to work i guess uh, <laughs> uh, but we are going to talk about cool stuff that is coming out this year and hopefully that will uh i don't know distract us from the horrors of the world but <laughs> before we get into that let's talk about some news um and it's also bad news robin what's going on with pump and dump schemes yeah, this is uh, one name I never thought I'd mention on the Africast, uh, Kim Kardashian and a number of other celebrities, most notably Floyd Mayweather Jr. and Paul Pierce, who are both former athletes. Uh, they were involved in a pump and dump scheme for a cryptocurrency that, uh, before writing the story, I had never heard of before. It's called Ethereum Max, and it's essentially an Ethereum clone that, for whatever reason, uh, well, I guess not for whatever reason, uh, it's a pretty uh, routine uh, scam these days is they get influencers to uh, promote their coin or their crypto and that essentially garners a lot of interest and that inflates the price of the, of the crypto itself uh, before uh, the influencers essentially pull out their own interest in the crypto and it falls dramatically, as was the case with Ethereum Max. Uh, this happened over the course of last year. So what happened is the reason why this has come to the fore is that a bunch of investors in Ethereum Max are trying to create a class action lawsuit against not only the creators of Ethereum Max, but also uh, the aforementioned celebrities, Kim Kardashian, Floyd Mayweather Jr. and Paul Pierce. I guess those are the most perhaps notable. Um, what they did uh, what rather uh, the two athletes, what they did was uh, they were seen on social media promoting the Ethereum Max or Emax as it's called, and once they started promoting it on social media, the price of the of the crypto rose by six hundred and thirty two percent, which is obviously 
it's it's peculiar to say the least. Um, we even saw Floyd Mayweather Jr. having uh, having a promotional match with Logan Paul, um, promotional boxing match, exhibition match, and he actually had the URL to uh, Ethereum X on his shorts during the fights. Uh, I didn't see this uh, this picture. I forgot to look it up before we started. But it was was it at least a short URL? Imagine if it was one of those really long ones that's like three hundred characters. It wouldn't surprise me. It was crazy because uh, what happened is, I, if I remember correctly, the match ended in a draw, and it was pretty. It was a pretty long exhibition match, so I'm, I'm sh- I wouldn't be surprised if uh, maybe the juniors uh, financial advisors told him to draw out the match so, so we can get as much value out of people seeing the URL on the shorts as possible. Um, also, uh, going back to Kim Kardashian, uh, she also used social media, uh, specifically Instagram stories, to tell her followers about Ethereum Max, uh, and she kind of framed her uh, interaction with the, the crypto as friends having told her about it, and she also linked to the crypto's website. So... I kind of understand from Ethereum Max's uh, perspective about using influencers. It's every brand does it. It's it's nothing new, uh, but obviously, the fact that the price of this crypto rose so significantly, uh, over six hundred percent during May fourteenth to June twenty seventh of twenty twenty one, and then dropped drastically after that, uh, has raised a few eyebrows um, at the stage or rather at the time of uh, recording. We don't know whether or not the class action lawsuit is going to move forward. If it does, it will be interesting to see what happens as far as the celebrities are concerned, as well as the crypto Ethereum Max. And like we said, this isn't the first time that pump and dump schemes have come to the fore. Most notably, FaZe Clan and, and, and their pump and dump scheme of last year, which people were up in arms about and then seemingly forgot about very quickly. So, oh, I mean, that's, seems, just, that's just modern years. So much yeah, stuff is happening all the time that something really bad that would have dominated the news cycle for months gets a few hours in the spotlight at best. Yeah, I, I think if, if people can take anything away from this, it's just that if you're seeing a really popular social media influencer advising, especially on something as technically, uh, I guess, difficult as cryptos are, because not everyone's an expert on that, if they're offering advice on how to do those kind of things, it's probably a bad sign. Um, you should probably steer clear of it. Uh, and unfortunately, these pump and dump schemes, I'm sorry, yeah, these pump and dump scams aren't going to end anytime soon because we see cryptos and coins popping up every hour of every day. Uh, these new ones come out of nowhere, out of the ether, excuse the pun. Um, but yeah, like I said, uh, just try and be as cautious as possible when it comes to crypto. I know that people don't want to lose out and be the you, you don't want to lose out on the next Bitcoin, for example. I, I know that's often what how these uh, new coins are framed that the, they're the next Bitcoin, for example. Um, but like I said, just, just just be cautious because if it sounds too good to be true, it it likely is. Can you imagine losing your life savings on an Instagram story from Kim Kardashian? What do you even do at that point, aside from losing all the money? It's time to reassess your your life choices, probably. My God. I I don't understand two things about this. I don't understand how people keep falling for it. Uh, I know, like you said, not everyone's an expert, but if you just do one Google, you'll find so many stories like this. And if someone can't do one Google before signing over their entire life savings, I 
I don't think that person should be trusted as a human adult. I don't understand why that keeps happening. And I also don't understand why these celebrities are doing it. Like, especially Kim Kardashian. Isn't she, no, one of her idiot sisters are a billionaire. That they don't need the money. Why are they doing this? Right? There's... Uh, more is more, right? I mean... I don't understand. Yeah. I don't know I've what never watched family. a movie called uh, Margin Call. It was about uh, one of the recent... Uh, stock crashes and they're kind of talking about how much money all these all of these stock traders have and how even though they have millions and millions of dollars it's never enough so yeah it, it, it just never is enough i guess for because you have to keep it up right uh you, you have to maintain a, a very specific lifestyle Done. i hope we don't attract the uh, the crypto bros who are like oh well actually this is good for the economy or some bullshit that they always pull anyway um <laughs> I want to talk about something, I don't know if it's really good because we've seen problems with them in the past, but the Gauteng uh, Department of Education has opened up late applications for both grades 1 and grade 8. And um, people can access it right now. We have a link to that. And also I want to point out that if you, you follow that link, this is the government link. This isn't us providing it. There's actually a step-by-step -step video which you can watch um, if you have any problems. But the reason I say it might not be great is because I read the comments of people who have tried to do the late applications. They've had so many problems. A lot of people tried to get in right at midnight when it opened on the 12th of January, a couple of days ago now, and they said the site wasn't working, it wasn't accepting documents. Um, the entire process is hinged on people choosing schools which are near them, and a lot of people saying they were given schools that are just infeasibly far away. Um, I think someone quoted here 30 kilometers away. Um, so there's been countless problems. I'm not sure how it's changed, uh, if it's gotten any better. Obviously can't test this out because I don't want to put strain on the system as someone who obviously doesn't have a child looking to, to do this. So people can go check that out. And we actually got an update about that today. And uh, what I was talking about, the government talked about those tragedies. Um, and there are about 600 kids in the system right now still looking for placement. So um, we've covered things in the past, and the number does hover around there. I was looking at some of our old stories, which are around 800, 700 um, kids who are, are still looking for placement. So this 600 number seems normal. Um, it doesn't seem out of the ordinary right now. Also want to point out that again in our story there's a phone number and a there are two phone numbers and an email address that parents or other legal guardians of students can use to try to get in contact with the government. I can't say that the government's gonna resolve your issue after a phone call or an email, but you can go into that and check it out. I really recommend that. Obviously, if you don't have a placement, this is something that's very time sensitive and you should get on it. And um this also opened on the 12th of January, which is when the inland provinces of Gauteng, Free State, Mpumalanga, Northwest and Limpopo all opened their, school, their doors for primary and high school. So the educational year... I do wonder though if... Um, yeah. yeah. I just wanted to mention that I wonder if these, I guess, uh, lack of, of slots and placements for students will force government and, I guess provincial departments of education to look at things like the UCT's online high school. I know that it's only starting up this year as, as far as their first year of uh, academic intake, but I will be interested to see how that kind of initiative pans out over the course of 2022 and into next year as well. Uh, because I think, like you said, it's 600 to 800 kids 
in Gauteng specifically, that seems to me like a number that could potentially be handled with two or three online high schools. I know we're talking about UCT's uh, institution is a is private, and a lot of these these children that are still requiring placements are looking at public uh, schooling. But it seems like there are potentially solutions. Government just needs to be a little bit smarter in how it tries to tackle it. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's it's going to continue to be a problem. We need to find something that's better right now. You also have to wonder again that six hundred figure. It's around six hundred. They didn't give. It's weird. They said they gave an exact figure, but then they also wrote in, in front of the exact figure under. So it's around six hundred. You have to remember that's just how thing. How many mm. hundreds or thousands of children around the entire country are dealing with this. And then we also don't know how many of these placements are problems caused by is literally no seats or no teachers and just, you know, kids getting lost in admin processes and things not being set up right. Like I said, the website wasn't working and that causes big problems. How many parents and their children are suffering because of that? Uh, yeah, so hopefully that gets fixed. Um, the portal is open now, like we mentioned right at the top. And I really recommend using it now and not waiting and if you encounter any problems, keep trying, but then also use those contact details. Vodacom Business Internet Fiber Packages offer you the option to use an LTE connection while you wait for your line's installation. What's more is that upon installation, you can choose to keep using your LTE connection as a backup to ensure business continuity. With a wide range of LTE top-up packages, Vodacom Business Internet ensures your business stays connected no matter what. To find out more, visit www.vodacombusiness.co.za or dial 0821960 from a Vodacom cell phone. But let's move on to the main topic. We're going to talk about what we're looking forward to this year. And I think just from discussions that we had before we started, um, we might be focusing on the beginning of the year, like the first quarter, just because those things are on our minds. Um, I was looking up some of my picks for this year, and a lot of them are actually in the next few months. Um, and we, some things we're going to talk about don't have dates, so we don't know when in the year they're going to be out. And also, there was just some announcements that are also in our minds from CES, so we might have a bit of, uh, what's it called, recency bias for what we choose here. And let's start with movies. I put our topics here through a randomizer that said, let's talk about movies first. I'm going to give it to you, Robin. What are you looking forward to in 2022? Maybe in the short term, maybe in the long term, is there any big movies on the horizon? There's only one movie that's on my radar, and that's The Batman. Um, it's, I checked out the clinical site this morning, and it's still set for 4th of March yeah. uh, release. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, I know that Battinson has uh, proved divisive as far as the casting goes. Uh, the same, I think, also goes for Zoe Kravitz. I think people are not necessarily sure if she is a leading woman or not. Uh, hopefully... Uh, she proves that is wrong, um, but I like some of the other castings. I like um, Paul Dano as uh, the Riddler. I like. Uh, I also like Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner, Commissioner Gordon, and yeah, um, the trailers I've seen to date have really been impressive. I really hope though that uh, Matt Reeves, who's the director, and Warner Brothers uh, leave some things for the actual theaters because they do have a tendency, especially with their superhero films. I'm thinking about uh, Dawn of Justice and the Justice League, where they essentially just show all the good bits in the trailers and they, they, they really like leave no surprises uh, for the end. So um, that's one that's on my radar. Uh, I am 
I, I do have a blind spot when it comes to Batman and anything uh, Batman related. So yeah, that, that's probably the, the, the movie that I'm most looking forward to. And I really do hope that uh, Warner Brothers and Matt Reeves and Pattinson kind of knock it out of the park because yeah, I, I feel like uh, the, MC, the MCU Marvel's kind of cinematic universe is, is dominating as, as far as the, the, the spectrum goes. Uh, but DC have always had the biggest hitters. They have Batman and Superman. And if you do right by those characters, if you do right by the fans, you should have a successful uh, property on your hands. So that's definitely one I'm looking forward to. So yeah, I did one run down as well. Actually, just over the holidays, I bought the new Batmobile as a little Lego set. They actually released two. They released one where it's um, it's called System, where it's what you're probably familiar with, the, uh, the you know bricks and plates and stuff like that. But then they also released a much larger and more expensive one, which is based on Technic. And Technic's more of their um, like gears and pistons and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I, I'm waiting for that bigger one to go on sale. I really want to get it. That car, I think both of us are fairly familiar with cars. Um, it's it's a weird like Mopar muscle car, but you can see the engine and it's like it's got blue flames and it looks like it has a traditional internal combustion engine, but also a jet. It, it's very weird. Um, I mean, we had the Tumbler and that's that looks like an alien vehicle, but this one looks almost weirder because it just it, it seems like it's it, it doesn't make sense as a vehicle. Uh, the Tumbler famously it was based. No, I was going to say based on a real car. It was a real machine that they built and it. it didn't you know jump over buildings and stuff like that but it could still go over a ramp and it was still a mechanical thing that works and i'm sure this new one is also to have a physical one that exists it just seems so odd but it's oddly compelling as well i don't know what you think of the new batmobile yeah i mean i kind of understand what uh the producers were going for in trying to make something that was a bit more grounded because this is uh if i remember correctly this is meant to be the second year of the batman project for the spruce wayne character so he doesn't necessarily have a Tumblr or the Batmobile that we saw that uh, Batfleck was using. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I understand going for the muscle car. That said, to have the kind of exhaust system it has with those blue flames and things like that, the, um, I'm not too sure what Bruce Wayne's background is in this film because he must have several degrees to be I, able to do all the stuff that he does. I mean, the... Um... The Christopher Nolan one, he was a programmer apparently because he fixed the autopilot. He just, uh, he whipped out C++ and he just fixed the autopilot on the Batwing. He just, something And he knew how all the stock markets worked. Oh yeah. He was a big business negotiator. Well, I think um, those movies, they kind of explained it away because he had Lucius Fox and he did all the engineering. And then I'm sure he had someone who did the, um, the, what's it called? The like stock market stuff. So... I mean, this is a guy dressed as a giant bat um, punching criminals in the face, so you have to suspend your disbelief for a minute. <laughs> but it's, it's still weird. I, I like it, and I also think, like you said, maybe if there's a sequel to this movie, there'll be a version of the Batmobile that's more out there and more, I don't know, traditionally batty. But I, I like what we're seeing. I'm happy I got the little Lego set. I hope the bigger one goes on sale. Um, I have a bit of a... Do you have any concerns, though? Because um, I saw this week that they, they gave it... It's been given a PG-13 rating. And initially, I was like, "Ooh, I don't know about that." If if they're going for like a seven esque uh, feel, like a kind of gritty detective, almost noir uh, elements to it, is PG thirteen the right rating? 
I then uh, I was watching, uh, I think one of, one of IGN's videos, and they mentioned that The Dark Knight was PG-13, and that 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 had a decent amount of violence in it. Yeah, I mean, you had the I Joker sticking a pencil on someone's head. <laughs> yeah, that movie famously as well. There was a scene where, like, Batman is punching. I can't remember who it is. It was just one of the guys in like a suit in an office. And they had to edit that scene like five times because they kept getting pinged by the um, sensors for showing too much blood. So it, it could be a problem, but I think you can do something gritty. And like, I mean, you've seen the trailers, the guys it's like strapping bombs to people with tape and stuff like that. And I think you can do a lot within that. And you don't always have to be a higher rating. Um, you can be gritty without, you know, just showing somebody being shot in the head. You know, you have to be creative. Um, and also the American rating system is weird where they're like more forgiving of violence, but you can't show nudity and you can't say the F word. No. I think in PG-13, don't you get one F word? Or is I'm that... not sure. I guess you have to ask the FPB about that. Yeah, I, I think that might be PG-16. I can't remember. One of them gets one F word, just one. Uh, and yeah, and the whole it's a whole discussion about rating systems being BS. Like, oh, one F word is fine, but two's you know, inconscionable. You can't do that. So uh, I'm not too worried about it. I think they're going for a very specific, you know, type of movie and theme and feel. And if they've already gone for a PG-13, maybe on the behest of Warner Brothers, we're not sure. And that's where it landed. Yeah, I, I'm not too worried about that. I think there's there's a lot of other things that can go wrong that I don't have to worry about the, uh, the rating. Um, I'm excited about this. And I, I just have to remember... What Batman are we on? The fifth, sixth? Um, if I don't like this one, I can just wait like 10 years and I'll have a new Batman anyway. And always try and remember <laughs> that. Same thing with Spider-Man. We're on three now, so. Um, I have something of a different pick. I actually have Batman yet to discuss in the movie section, but the other thing I wanted to talk about is Jackass Forever, which is soon on 5th um, February. And I know, you know, it's not high-class intellectual movie-making, neither is the Batman really, but... The Batman, the Batman movies, the Jackass movies, they have a special place in my heart. Um, I think they came out at a certain time when a lot of people were a certain age where it was the funniest thing in the world. And Jackass can, to a certain extent, not be blamed, but they created a certain type of content that kind of became the norm on YouTube for people hurting themselves and putting themselves in terrible positions. Um, but when they came out in the early 2000s, it was really something new and something people hadn't seen to that degree. I mean, maybe you did something dumb with your friends, but you didn't film it and turn it into a big-budget Hollywood movie. And the fact that they're making this new movie and most of them are near 50, um, it's ridiculous. You see the trailer, all of them have white hair. Um, Johnny Knoxville, famously, he always dyed his hair, even when he was young. Um, but now he's not dyeing it anymore. So it's a bit shocking to see him with ghost white hair. And he's like, I'm Johnny Knoxville. I'm going to you know, get shot by this cannon. Um, there's a, the like key art for this movie is him being shot out of cannon, like wearing angel wings. And even in in the trailer, they don't sh shy away from it. They say, uh, "What do they?" I think they say, uh, "Oh, if you get um, uh, if you get concussions before fifty, it doesn't count." And then they ask um, they ask John Knoxville how old he is, and he says forty nine. So I'm really looking forward to this. My dad and my brother don't go to a lot of movies, but I really want to take them to this one because I mean, it's jackass. It's like a cultural thing. Um, I have to wonder, this has to be the last one, right? <laughs> they can't do another one after this one, right? Um, well, I mean, 
Surely yeah. the insurers are saying like, nah, guys, it's, it's time to stop. Do they have insurance? I have to wonder. You have to surely come with insurance. Yeah, I, I actually think it's um. What's that body that oversees actors in America? I think you have to have insurance. Oh, SAG. Yeah, I think you you're not allowed to have a movie unless you do have that. So. I do man. hope that there's maybe some callbacks to previous Jackass uh, stunts, uh, like Tokyo's uh, pandas in Tokyo running through the streets. I really enjoyed that. Actually, uh, had like cameos like Brad Pitt was in there. Yeah, oh yeah, they got so many um, uh, people joining it. I forgot to mention they got Eric Andre, famously. He's he's in a trailer. I just want to look up the other um, people because I'm bad with names. Uh, yes, they've always had like Tony Hawk, uh, Matt Hoffman, Dave will be in there, um, Zach Holmes, Richard Wolfson, Eric Manaka. I think a lot of these guys, they are those people who, like I said, they were on YouTube making these videos where they just hurt themselves. So they kind of like the new generation, not to get all sappy about jackass of all things, but I think this is the new the new wave of people doing this stuff, and I'm really interested to see what it's going to be like. Could it be bad? Sure, but I mean, <laughs> how badly can you mess up people just hurting themselves? People falling down is, I think, a universal, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a universal language of funny, so I don't know how badly they can mess it up. I don't know how I'm going to feel seeing these guys who are in their 50s doing dumb things but we'll have to see and that's yeah um, there's like uh, one thumbnail uh for one of the trailers i saw i think it is steve or could have been johnny one of them is in their underwear and a ufc athlete by the name of yannick yes that was it's um it's that guy always has a missing tooth he's i know what you're talking about uh aaron they yeah, always and it doesn't look situations. Yeah, yeah. T- taking a blow from him to the the gentleman's vegetables does not seem like a good idea, especially at that age. And it's hilarious because the the intro to that in the trailer, they said that they told him it was going to be a lightweight fighter, <laughs> and then this <laughs> this UFC heavyweight comes. <laughs> so that's fourth February. That so both Batman and Jackass are relatively soon. Like I said, we might have a preference here for stuff that's coming out soon. Um, and before we move on to the next one, I just want to mention other big movies I had here. Um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Part 1. Um, we always knew they were doing a sequel to that. We didn't um, really know it was going to be a two-parter. That's coming out late in the year, 7th of October. I, I don't think I've ever met someone who watched Spider-Verse and said they didn't like it. I think it's just a universally beloved movie. Are uh, you looking forward to that one? Yeah, definitely. I think... Outside of personal nostalgia for the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, that and I, and I should still preface this with the fact that I haven't seen uh, No Way Home yet. Yeah. Uh, but the Into the Spider-Verse is probably my favorite Spider-Man film to date. Yeah, I mean, it, so I'm definitely so looking good. forward to that one. Um, I don't know when part two will be out, but part one later this year, and then oh, <laughs> right at the end of the year, Avatar two. Oh my god, is this movie actually coming out? Is this, is this paperwork? <laughs> How long? It wasn't the first one, like 2012. It's been so long. It's been almost a decade. Does, who cares about Avatar? I know it was the gr- biggest movie ever. It was the highest grossing movie. But I think around then there was a lot of like fervor about it. It was doing new stuff with 3D and CGI. And they made an Avatar land at at one of the theme parks and it was a big thing but that was 10 years ago who knows what avatar is you know my niece and nephew oh well my nephew's over 10 now but i don't think they know what avatar is i think the 
the animated show, The Last Airbender, and its spin-offs, rightfully so, are much more popular. And when you say Avatar, that's what people think of. So we'll need to see when that comes out. Um, the Batman I had here. So yeah, those are the, the big movies for the year. Uh, Robin's really excited for Batman. I've got Jackass Forever. I, I just want to go into the movie and laugh. Um, uh, uh, it's great seeing a guy in a bat costume punch people, but I want some levity because, like I said, the world's on fire. Um, let's go from movies to TV. And again, start with you, Robin, because it's just the two of us. Um, what single series are you looking forward to this year? Yeah, so uh, mine is an anime, and I think I've mentioned it once or twice before on Africos, but I'm really looking forward to Chainsaw Man. Yeah. Um, so it's there's no official date for it for 2022 yet, but the, the studio behind it, Mappa, who also handle Attack on Titan, and are handling quite a few other big projects like that. That is the studio as far as anime is concerned at the moment. Um, yeah. They are saying summer. Uh, for Japan in 2022, so that's towards the latter half of the year. Um, but there's no official date for it. But it is, is it, it will be. And um, I might be really a betting man, but if I had to put money down it, it will be everyone's favorite anime for 2022. I don't care what else comes out this year. I know Attack on Titan is wrapping up uh, uh, in the next few weeks, or next few couple of months. But I guarantee that this will be everyone's favorite uh, anime for 2022. It's uh, it is crazy and weird, and there is just from a visual perspective, I think it will be really interesting to watch. Uh, Mappa have done a really good job as far as really shonen uh, kind of anime uh, style uh, in terms of handling fight scenes uh, and action. They're really good. So I'm expecting some really dramatic visuals, some really intense fight scenes, and some really just weird characters uh, and. Yeah, that's probably my one TV show, if you can call that. If you can call anime TV shows anymore, I'm not too sure. But um, as far as streaming it, you'll probably be able to check it out on Crunchyroll if you're in South Africa. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure what the situation is with Funimation, but uh, if you are in South Africa, you'll likely be able to check it out on Crunchyroll. You need to write a story next week because Game Pass gave um, subscribers a 75-day subscription to Crunchyroll Premium. And for a lot of people, that's running out now in January, and I had to go cancel mine. So I'm going to write the story on the site soon, saying, hey, don't forget to cancel this. Um, yeah, and I was also going to ask you, where can you watch it in South Africa? But you answered that. I, I will probably check it out, but I am so removed from anime. I have nothing against it. I just I used to watch a lot of it, and then I kind of fell off, and then I never got back in. So I, I, like you said, I'll, I'll probably get into it. Um, you mentioned Attack on Titan. I watched the first season... And then I watch off the second season and I was like, I don't know if I can, this is losing me. So maybe I'll go back and I'll also watch that. Um, the year's still young and we'll see when that comes out. Um, before we talk about my pick of what I really want to see, I'm going to talk about some other big shows that are coming out, uh, kind of leading up to mine. The first one is Umbrella Academy Season 3. Um, you watched any of that, Robin, Season 1 and 2? Yeah, I've checked out both seasons, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm also really looking forward to that. Um, I think the first season is my favorite of the two, um, but I'm really looking forward. They, it's not a spoiler to say they ended on a cliffhanger in season two because everything ends on a cliffhanger. It's kind of the de facto way to do things. Um, it would be really interesting to see where they go, and I'm kind of waiting for these. I don't know how many seasons they're going to do, but I want that to wrap up so I can go back and read the comic books. Um, another thing that's kind of a Young people doing paranormal things. Stranger Things 4 coming out in the US summer. Um, I think 
the, the public opinion of Stranger Things has really shifted over time. I don't think a lot of people were into season three. Um, I think it came out and because it was just such a big thing, people liked it, but then they kind of, you know, switched their uh, thoughts on it. Um, again, I think we've talked about this. We've also seen all the Stranger Things, Robin. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, I think I am with, I guess, a lot of other people that season three took a turn. I don't know if it was for the better mm. uh, or for the worse. It just it kind of felt, left me feeling indifferent towards yes. the entire franchise, actually. So I might check out season four if there's a lot of chatter online about it being good, but yeah. it's not necessarily something I'm going to diarize or have to watch, unlike yeah. something like uh, Umbrella Academy. Yeah, for me, my biggest problem with it is that it, it's an interesting world that they've created, but it's one of those Star Wars problems where it's such a big world, but we always come back to the same small group of characters. And I'm not saying I'm tired of these characters. It's just one of these things where it's like, let these poor people rest. <laughs> every yeah, how few bad months, is their luck? That yeah, <laughs> every few months, they, you know, they always say, oh, just a normal life. I don't want to deal with the upside down anymore and yada, yada. And then they're like, oh, too bad. We're the most popular franchises on Netflix. We need to have another eight seasons. So you guys are going through hell. Um, I really wouldn't be opposed to them bringing in new characters. And again, I don't want to can the, exact, the existing cast. I think they're a big reason why it's so popular. But it's it's one of those things where you just you feel like you're on a bicycle, you know, a stationary bicycle. We're not going anywhere, and we're not doing anything. Um, so yeah, well, I mean, uh, what, they've got season four, and then probably two more seasons after that. I hear that for popular series, Netflix has a six and done uh, model. At least that's, that's what that's what that's happened to um, Minaj if, uh, if that's Patriot true, Act. if that's true, that means we're only halfway through Stranger Things. Yes. It's things going to end, and uh, all the they started off as like tiny kids. They're going to have grandchildren by the time. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up like with like a a time skip, and they're adults or something, and yeah, they have to deal with it cool. again. Yeah, it would be a way to kind of change up the cast while still keeping the characters. That would be cool. Yeah. If um, the Duffer Brothers, are you here, if you're hearing this, that's my idea. Uh, that's my IP. What? Well, it, it's funny to pay for it. I think it was one or two of the Stranger Things cast were in the first It movie, and then in the second It movie, there was a time skip where they're adults, so it's kind of been done. Um, and the last one before we get to the, my choice is The Boys, season three. I really enjoyed season one and two. Uh, I don't know what else to say, except I'm really excited for this one. There's also going to be a Boys, um, I think it's a, I can't remember if it's a prequel or spinoff. Had it written down somewhere, I can't find it now, but that's going to be animated. So people can't get enough of the boys. It's uh, one of the biggest reasons to get Amazon Prime Video. I think, again, Robin, you've also seen this one, right? Yeah, I've seen both seasons. Yeah, yeah so again, I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, again, it's one of those things. Everyone loves the boys. Excited to see it. And I couldn't help myself after the first season of the boys. I went and I read all of the comics. So I'm not going to say I know what's going to happen because the show has deviated so much. But I do have an idea of some of the twists that might happen, and I'm really excited for them to happen in the show. But my actual pick, um, there are a few more TV shows than I expected, but my pick is the last season, season six of Better Call Saul. Um, I, I had one of those twangs where I really wanted to rewatch Breaking Bad, but I, I'm not really the kind of person who likes rewatching stuff. So I hadn't watched any of Better Call Saul, and then I watched all five seasons, and it was such a good time. In my opinion, it's I don't want to say it's just as good, but I think it's on an even playing field with um, Breaking Bad. I think you can watch Better Call Saul without ever seeing Breaking Bad. 
Um, I think maybe it, it might even be better to watch Better Call Saul and then to watch Breaking Bad. Um, you know, when they do these prequels, it falls into a lot of traps of, oh, we have to include everything. And, you know, we have to show where this person got their chair. And we have to explain that. And to an extent, Better Call Saul does do that. They explain, like, where a popular brand of alcohol comes from. Um, but they don't go too minute into chairs and stuff like that. So I'm really excited for the last season. I don't know how they're going to wrap it up because, again, I'm trying not to spoil this. There's certain elements that they need to self-contain and to end before the the in you know in the storyline for Breaking Bad to start. So how are they going to do that? I have no idea. I have the utmost faith in Vince Gilligan and the team. Uh, have you watched Better Call Saul, Roman? I don't know if we've talked about this one. I have not. I'm one of those rare people that didn't get into Breaking Bad. Ooh. I just, um, I don't want to see my life up on screen. I don't want to really get into that. So, yeah, I, I'm just one of those people that didn't get into Breaking Bad. So, I heard good things about the first season of Better Call Saul when it was first yeah. airing. And many people were saying this is better than Breaking Bad, but it's just one of those things I just never got into. Yeah. No, I definitely recommend uh, giving it a look. It it's so good. I can't recommend that enough. Uh, and we're going to move on to our last category this um, this week. We're going to talk about games. So I'm going to go first now. Uh, just Robin's gone first. I'm gonna <laughs> go. The thing I'm looking most forward to this year. Oh, man, it's so complicated. I think I have to give it to Dying Light 2. And the reason is no other game lets me jump kick a zombie off of the top of a, to- a tall building. No other game has done that, and thus Dying Light 1 has a special place in my heart. So Dying Light 2 also has a big place in, in you know, my memory and the collective memory of gamers. When I unlocked the ability to do that flying kick in the game, I was so happy. And I used it so often through my playthrough. And the game actually um, still stacks up. I only played it about three years ago. I just want to see when did it come out, Dying? It's been a long time since it came out. Um, 2015. And the developers are still supporting it. That's six years of support for this game, or seven, because in 2022 now. And if you go back and you play the first Dying Light, it still holds up, and there's so much content to go through. And I really recommend it in 2021 that people play Dying Light, because you could play a few dozen, if not a hundred or so hours in that game. Um, Again, I think we've talked about this one before. Have you played this one, Robin? Uh, it slipped past me, unfortunately. Oh, okay. uh, I, I think it was that time in gaming where everything was first-person runner. Yeah. So And yeah, it was probably just one of the things that just got past me. Yeah. No, I, I really recommend it. It goes on sale so often. I think you can get the complete edition with everything, like a hundred bucks. Uh, so I really recommend you try it out on your platform of choice. And I was hesitant to pick Dying Light 2 because I don't want to say it's been in development hell. But it's been in development for a very long time and there's been lots of delays and there's been, you know, like six month gaps where you've heard nothing about the game. And then they got themselves into a spot of trouble where they said, oh, it takes 500 hours to complete Dying Like 2. And then they had to go back and they said Dying Like 2 is to 100% the game. And to 100% the game, you need to play through the main story multiple times. So I don't know why they shot themselves in their foot. They're like, hey, kids, do you want a second job? Um, <laughs> so, you know, things... The, leading up to the release of this game, it's been very rocky, and I'm hoping the release will be smooth. I'd rather have, you know, a rocky lead up and a smooth release compared to the opposite, where it's a smooth lead up and then a very rocky release. So we'll see how it goes. 
I'm really looking forward to this one. I just want to kick some zombies. And uh, I don't know why it's called Dying Light 2. Stay human. Uh, so that's my pick. Robin, what's your pick for the game that you're really looking forward to this year? Uh, so um, I'm kind of deviating off script. Mine isn't a game per se. Um, I mean, I could obviously highlight God of War Ragnarok or Horizon Forbidden West uh, if you're looking at PlayStation exclusive, which is kind of the ecosystem that I like to play on. Uh, but I guess we're also kind of sticking with the Sony realm here. Uh, it was the PSVR 2, or PlayStation VR 2, as it's, I guess they haven't really given it the shorter moniker just yet. Um, they, all they did was announce it, that it was coming. Um, that was at CES earlier this year in Las Vegas. Uh, Sony had a little, little teaser uh, for one of the titles that will be showcasing capabilities of this new VR headset, uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain. And this, my kind of interest in this headset is purely based on the fact that 2021 was a lackluster year for gaming for me. Um, I, I also wrote like a little op-ed piece about how I fell, fell less in love with games during last year. Um, a combination of factors of just having to deal with delays, which is you know, out of developers' control because of the pandemic. But uh, lack of hardware, uh, which we were fortunate enough to kind of mitigate uh, because uh, luckily we had some local distributors that assisted us. But just in general, 2021 wasn't a standout or stellar gaming year for me. So I'm really interested to see what the PSVR 2 is going to be capable of. Uh, We don't even know what it looks like yet. Uh, All we have is some tidbits as far as the specifications goes. We know that it's going to be an OLED display internally. Uh, it's going to be capable of 4K HDR visuals, 110 degree field of view, 120 hertz refresh rates. And Sony says that it's littered with sensors uh, for head tracking, eye tracking, uh, and that's going to potentially give us a more immersive experience. And if it is able to live up to the billing and we can get a, we can finally get like a decent, a really great uh, VR experience, I'm all up for that. I remember when the PS, PSVR first came out, um, back when uh, the uh, Rage Expo was still a thing and you could actually go in person, um, they had a few on display at the PlayStation stand and they had the Batman Arkham experience and that was so underwhelming. That. Yeah, you could play the piano for 10 minutes. Yeah, it was it was so overwhelming, and I'm just thinking to myself, why why would someone waste their money on this? And I don't know if it's a case of the hardware being lackluster, or the ecosystem, or the games around it just not being compelling enough outside of perhaps maybe Beat Saber, which people really love. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm willing to fall in love with games again if the PSVR2 is is gonna do that. So yeah, I'm really interested to see what that's gonna involve. Uh, we are talking about the year ahead. We don't necessarily have a precise launch date. They haven't even said coming 2022. We're just assuming it is, and hopefully it does, because um, Sony has had a little trouble as far as hardware goes, and just kind of getting PS5s into people's hands. Um, that's pretty well documented as far as the pandemic goes. Microsoft has not had the same trouble. Um, so yeah, hopefully the PSVR 2 can help Sony kind of I don't know. Shake things up a bit again. That's yeah. Kind 
Something interesting is the PSVR, the first one, they really just let that thing die. They gave it so little support. They did the exact thing to the PS Vita where they didn't like discontinue it and make an announcement. Oh, it's gone. We're not going to. They just let it die. They just, uh, you know, it's like just lock it in a car and not feed it anything. And even while that thing was still around, there would be an announcement like, oh, um, this third party company is releasing a game on PSVR. And I'm like, oh, that's a. I, I forgot you existed. I thought you were dead. So. Are they going to do that again? I don't know. I've, I've got so many worries and reservations about this. Like you said, how is it going to be supplied? Um, what's it going to cost as well? Not just its cost overseas, but what are they going to charge us here in South Africa? I'm terrified of looking at their price tag. I wouldn't be surprised if it costs the same, if not more, than the price of the console itself. Um, how much is the PS5 in South Africa? It's 14. Uh, sorry. No, is it 14? It, it it depends. It it varies from eleven and a half to fourteen. Uh, okay, so the fourteen price was a, a special I just brought up on Incredible Connection. We get two games, but I think the the disc version on its own is twelve, if I'm not mistaken. Does Incredible Connection actually just have stock? You can go. They do. Oh my god, guys! <laughs> Incredible <laughs> Connection has stock. Does NetBank also? Don't worry. It'll be, it'll it'll be out of stock by the time people listen to this. I can't believe, dude, dude, this take lot just has stock. Well, it's 15k and you get two games in a, uh, not a remote controller, just a regular remote. It's sold by a third party company called Cool Kids Bundle. Anyway, um, geez, you can actually buy a PS5 right now. How time mm, to I'm Cool Kids Bundle, that sounds legit. Yeah, I, well, I mean, this take a lot. They'll, they'll probably refund you if you get scammed. But I, I just want to point out that I'm terrified of what this price is going to cost. Um, VR is something that exists in South Africa, but it usually depends on like third-party importers and super high prices. And you could look at paying for the headset what you pay for a high-end gaming PC before the whole thing where we lost all the stock. So I really wouldn't be surprised if this arrives and it's twelve thousand or more. I, I I don't know why, but I'm really latching onto like fifteen k for this headset based on its specs and what's in there. I could really see it being 15k. Some people have said it might be less than we expect because this happens with a lot of gaming hardware where the manufacturer might take, not make a huge loss, but they might price it less than you ex uh, you'd expect so that you get into this ecosystem and you spend money on software, which they have a huge uh, mm. margin on. So don't know if that's going to happen. Details are very thin. And this was announced, it was at CES, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, so that that's why I was talking about this was recently. We talked about stuff that happened recently, and that this is a very new announcement. We have no details, but it's very exciting. And I was thinking about it the other day. We've discussed on the podcast a lot of times where the Xbox, not the Xbox, the Microsoft ecosystem, which kind of includes PC right now, um, it has Game Pass, and Game Pass gives them such a leg up over Sony. And a lot of people are thinking there's no way Sony can make up the difference. And them having a headset, a VR headset, might be what gives them the edge. Where it might be that, sure, it, well, not sure, because it's a big thing. It might be that the published, the public consciousness becomes Xbox is for Game Pass and PlayStation is for VR, at least in terms of consoles. So, is that going to work out? We don't know. And then the Switch is the the portable. So, is it going to work out that way? Who's to say? I'm also excited about this, even though I don't even have a PS5. Um, I just want a headset that doesn't make me violently 
ill and with a terrible headache. Will that change? Probably not, because I have a weird head. <laughs> um, before we wrap up, I just want to talk about some honorable mentions I have here. we got Pokemon Legends Arceus coming out this month. I think it's the soonest date here of everything we've talked about. 28th of January. I just wrote a story about this yesterday where they put out a 13-minute gameplay trailer. Um, and the game just doesn't look great still. <laughs> it really looks like a game that's in Steam Early Access that will be coming out in two years after two years of Early Access. But this is a brand-new AAA game from arguably the biggest franchise in the world. So uh, we have a review copy on the way, um, apparently. <laughs> I've been told we have a review copy on the way. I'll have to see. I'm ready to give it the benefit of the doubt. Another absolutely massive one is Elden Ring, 25th of February. Uh, I didn't ask you if you like Pokemon because I know from the past you, you don't care about it. <laughs> um, for, for the listeners, um, Robin doesn't. <laughs> He hasn't played it, so that's why I didn't ask him. Um, Alden Ring, I don't think we've ever discussed Alden Ring, and I don't want to be coming up on time, but um, you're Dark Souls man, Robin? Uh, I wouldn't say Dark Souls man, but I do appreciate the medium. Uh, I really enjoyed Demon's Souls when it when the PS5 was first launched. Yeah, the remake. When was the PS5 last year? All the years are, are melding together. Well, technically, no. two years ago, December yeah. 2020. So yeah, I really enjoyed Demon's Souls. I thought that was a really great uh, refreshing of that title. Uh, they did a great job there. So I am willing to jump into the... Uh, I was going to say ring, ring again. Uh, I'm really willing to to jump into another Souls-like uh, with Elden Ring. Yeah, I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm also a fan. I played the original Demon Souls back on the PS3. So... I, I didn't finish it. <laughs> so I'm not going to say oh, I'm an OG fan or whatever, but I just want to say I've played a lot of this. I've played a lot of games like this. Um, so I am a fan. I've never been, like you said, well, like I said, a Demon Souls man. But I, what I've seen from this, because they did something called a network test, which was basically a beta. And everything I saw from the beta got me really excited. Um, you can make the game as challenging or as easy as you want, not with a difficulty slider, but because um, there are a lot of mechanics that you can kind of abuse, basically, to change how things are. So that's exciting. It's now, it's not really open world. It's more like there are large open areas. And that gets me excited because, again, it was intentional. But in the other games, I just... Oh, I'm in another dungeon. Oh, I'm in an, another dungeon, but now it's blue. Now I'm in a dungeon with poison. I got really sick of that, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so I'm happy to see you can get on a horse, you can ride around, and the horse has a double jump, Robin. What an absolute... Has any game ever had a horse that can <laughs> double jump? Is this a world first? So I'm actually excited about that. It might be. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm going to pick it up on day one if I can't get a review copy. This might be one of those things where... I pick it up in a year with the season, well, the season pass, which whatever expansions they release. But I'm excited for this one. I, I have an addiction to open world games. Uh, I love seeing small numbers steadily increase. Uh, my, you know, my caveman brain loves that. Um, we already mentioned God of War Ragnarok. There's, there's nothing much more to say about that. Everyone loves God of War 2016. Everyone's going to love Ragnarok, I think. Um, very excited for that. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't have a PS5 and. Sure, the the old God of War just came out on PC, but that was after five years. So I'm not sure when I'm going to play that. Um, Tiny Tina's Wonderland. I'm very excited about that. Um, I don't want to say I'm I, I'm a huge Borderlands fan because that that comes with some caveats recently because Gearbox is a really bad company. But again, it's my caveman brain. I like picking up a gun that does 
5% more damage than the gun I just had. And now it's a D&D theme. And it just, it looks really fun. And I actually did a story um, late last year about looter shooters like Borderlands, like um, The Division and Destiny and all, all of that. And in my opinion, um, uh, Borderlands 3 did it the best, even though it had a really rough launch last year. So I'm excited about that. Um, Marvel's Midnight Suns, excited but a bit wary. Um, it's XCOM, but it's also a card game, and it's also the Avengers, and I think you can romance like Ghost Rider. I don't know how it's going to play out. I'm very excited about it, though. They got short Wolverine. The last one, Metal Gear. Oh, sorry, Metal Slug Tactics. Always get those confused. This one I, was almost my pick. Man, I'm excited for this. I don't know if we talked about it when the game was first revealed, but um, were you, did you play Metal Slug at all at the arcade, Robin? Uh, no, I was a, I was a Marvel vs. Capcom guy. Ah, I, well, I also played a lot of that. But for me, you know, I it, it was a it was a tradition. Friday night, my dad and I we would go to the local arcade. He would play the pinball machines, and I would play Metal Slug. And I have so many. I mean, it is nostalgia. I won't deny that. But I think a lot of people maintain that all the Metal Slug mainline games hold hold up. And I'll maintain that too because they recently, well, not recently, a few years ago now, they released them on Steam. And I played through them. And it's quite shocking that those games are only about an hour long. But when you're in the arcade and this boss kills you 10 times and you need to put 10 Rand into the machine, it feels like it would take an eternity to finish. So that was very almost my pick for the year. But it's completely unlike other Metal Slug games. It's not a. 2D side-scroller shooter, it's a tactical game, like um, Into the Breach. So, you know, cautiously optimistic, but it looks like the old games. It's got all the same sound effects. I can get in a tank. I'm really excited for that one. Don't know when it's coming out. Um, they said, um, oh no, Midnight Sun is the second half of 2022. Metal Slug tactics just says 2022 so yeah those are our choices for this year there's a lot of good stuff coming out i think a lot of projects that were slated for 2020 and 2021 that kept getting delayed are now coming out um right now 2022 the even this first quarter i mean a lot of the things we talked about are coming out this first quarter it's going to be a packed time so check out all of that and check out hypertext we have news trailer coverage reviews guides we always have um coverage of these things so check that out. But I think it's been a long episode this week, even though there's just the two of us. That's going to be the end of the Africast for this week. For myself, for Robin. Yes, take care, everyone. And for Brendan, who's again here in spirit recording this for us. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Cheers. Vodacom Business Internet Fiber Packages are just what your business needs to get connected and stay connected. In addition to connectivity, you can add voice calling to your monthly Vodacom Business Internet Fiber Package and save up to 20% on your monthly voice bill. Even if Vodacom's network isn't available in your area, select third-party networks can be used, including Metro Fiber and Dark Fiber Africa. To get connected today, visit www.vodacombusiness.co.za.